You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. We're very happy to have with us today Roy Chichu from Moose Factory, Ontario, but living in North Bay. We want to welcome you, uh, Roy, to Hope to the Nations. Thank you. So, Venus, how are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling uh, not too bad today. I've, I've had uh, trouble with my ear and it's been really, really painful. And, and I've been taking a lot of Advil, which I heard is not good for the kidneys when you're diabetic. And so I had to stop that. And I suffered for a few days for a while, but I finally went to the doctor and hopefully I'll get some relief. So, Roy, we're really looking forward to hearing you share today. And I was wondering if you could just share with, with us uh, your early story and how your grandfather was kind of central to that story. My grandfather played quite a role in our life. We had him living with us ever since I could remember. See, my Mm-hmm. His wife, my late grandmother, she died. My dad was only 16 years old, so we didn't get to know her. And I think that's why my grandfather came, was around a lot and lived with us or had his little place beside our place, our home. Yep. But he, he was very, always very helpful. We always had him there it seems which we didn't mind because we could run back and forth to his place and he always paid a lot of attention to us and to his grandchildren in general my dad had a sister and she had her children so we all felt very comfortable to be around our grandfather he was very helpful he uh, taught us many things some very practical things for survival and yeah i had the privilege to hear him pray many a times because um, that's the one thing that he did when something happened serious in our home whether it's illness or other issues he often said let's pray yeah and from what we remember of him when he said let's pray he would get down on his knees and we all did the same okay it seemed like he was a very stable person to me very strong person he helped us in so many ways even we were poor in more ways than one but yet you know we were a family and grandpa 
was there a lot. He taught us different things, even singing. To me, he was a good singer. I don't know if he sang bass or tenor. (laughs) But he helped us to do these things, especially when we lived out in the bush on trapline. We were all there under one roof, big place that they built. And we would sit around in the evening. I remember very clearly. He would talk about different things his experiences and how he had to survive in many situations as well. Sometimes he would get his Cree hymnal out and he taught us to sing in Cree. Even though we couldn't read the Cree syllabics, it was all from, we memorized different things. He believed in God very strongly. And he always reminded us, whatever we had, he used to say in Cree, Kichimandu provided, that means God. The God yeah. provided for us, and we are yeah. not to abuse anything. Mm. And my grandfather and my parents showed us that example. They were not wasteful. My mom especially, she made sure everything <laughs> was looked after. Sometimes we wonder what we could eat after a goose wing that he cleaned so that we could eat some meat off it. So, wow. And that's the way they taught us. You could start a restaurant with have goose wings oh, for yes. the night. <laughs> so we, we had many fond, we have many fond memories of our grandfather. My other siblings always say that too. And often I wish I could sit down and have a good chat with him now. But of course, yeah. I'll have to wait to do that till I get to heaven. Yeah. and meet him yes. there and same with my parents there are many questions i have in mind sometimes that i wish i could sit down and chat with them but one thing that my grandfather and my parents demonstrated an example was care for our family and always reminded us to not be disrespectful of the older folks, the elders, mm. and especially in the home. If we did any of that, you know, children can be children sometimes. Yeah. And we're all very human. We challenge our parents. <laughs> and believe me, if my mom heard that, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm really thankful when I look back. Like I said earlier, we didn't have much. We were poor in more ways than one. Yeah. But my, when I think back, my parents, I'm sure many a time, wondered how they're going to provide for us. Mm. But yeah. they did. They came yeah. through with little or not very much. But. I remember the evenings we used to spend together as a family. We had a home. We were a family. And I really treasure those memories that even though we didn't have much, no TV, maybe eventually we had a radio. And we all sat around that area if we tuned into a hockey game, especially. I'm really grateful for what our grandfather taught us and my parents. Uh, in other words, we were connected to family structure. 
mm. which sadly uh, we don't see that in many instances and i usually refer to it as disconnecting from the parents from the grandparents and it's quite evident among even first nation young people today because we live in a different world as much as many would like to say we don't have much i have to disagree with that because they don't know what their ancestors their grand their parents grandparents didn't have or would have liked mm -hmm. to have that they're enjoying today but really? i feel that i've been really blessed to have had a home mind you we had our disagreement but we're still all speaking to each other today yeah uh, we haven't disconnected in that way even though we may have had a pretty strong debate sometimes with one another yeah but we're still together we have not disconnected from That's each weird. other and i think this this connection i as i referred to maybe part of, a good part of the root of the problem that the young people are dealing with today they don't have that stability maybe family mm -hmm. even though they, they may come and go but do they yeah. have that stability support that i had when i was growing up because my parents really cared they, they didn't yes. care they probably wouldn't have spanked me which is called abuse <laughs> today <laughs> believe me you kept I you on the straight and narrow yeah oh yes in a cushioned <laughs> area i always say yeah <laughs> but i remember that scolding worked but i could get around that and sneak away from that i felt that's the way i see it but believe me you when my mom meant business you obeyed <laughs> mm -hmm. not because she enjoyed doing it i know she probably didn't yeah but i always say why would she have done that to me <laughs> but anyway yes but you know the parental support grandparents my grandfather's support i really believed helped us because we connected well with him i mm. remember that he took me out into the bush to hunt uh, maybe partridges or rabbits yeah. he taught us how to uh, set traps for muskrats that kind of thing yeah these are the kinds of things that now i i remember quite well about these things and yeah. i often say I, if i went to the bush i had to live in the bush i probably would know how to do these things but I'm at the age I would find it difficult. <laughs> How old are you now? I'll be 76 at the end of April. Oh, now, bless your heart. <laughs> yes. I often say I've reached a three score and 10 and left by strength, and that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm thankful for the help that I have. My uh, long-term memory is still pretty good, I might say, even if I say it for myself. <laughs> 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 well, that's wonderful. Yes. Right. You mentioned in your testimony in your about segregation that was happening in your in your community. Could you just share with us what that meant to you? 
Well, <clears throat> the way I saw things, the young age I was as a child and into my early teens when I was growing up, mm -hmm. I noticed that like we were one end of the community, yes. reserve, First Nation community, yep. status people. Yeah, and and then there was the middle group that I refer to, non-status people, and then mm -hmm. the government people. In other words, okay. Anglo-Saxon, whatever. When I look back, the non-status people, I think, felt maybe they were a little higher on the totem pole than we were, because we were status, live over here. Back then, in those days, the term Indians <laughs> was used. <laughs> the non-status Indians over here. But anyway, right. and then, of course, the, uh, the non-First Nation people were, in many instances, were, of course, were in charge of many things. And mm -hmm. we were merely customers. They, for example, if we went shopping, <laughs> we were customers. Mm -hmm. We were not in charge of anything. And I remember that the First Nation girls were not allowed to date, for example, Hudson Bay clerks that were there. But yeah, I'm sure okay. they, they did it anyway. Mm. So that kind of was there, the separation, yeah. because of maybe we were divided into groups. It's interesting. Uh, other things, you know, that became obvious. And back in the older days, how the fur when the fur trading business happened, my grandparents, my grandfather, my my dad, and the others, especially their ancestors, how the fur trading happened. The fur mm. press was used when you went to trade Hudson Bay, with Hudson Bay Company, and the furs would be pressed on that. And according to the height, that's how much you got paid. Never mind per per <laughs> item. That's the way it was done. So interesting. You know that kind of thing happened, mm. but not today, mm. thankfully. But we still have a long ways to go. And when I see about that, think about that. I think First Nation people. First of all, we, we need the Lord. And then God helps you see things. As much as we may see injustice and disappointments among people. But yeah. I often feel that when I, maybe not a very good example, but when I decided to go back to school, I uh, made up my mind I was going to do it. Mind you, it was a struggle, difficult many a times. Mm -hmm. And I didn't become prime minister of the country, as you know, but <laughs> I was determined to look after myself as much as I can and what I was able to do. And I was determined that I was going to make it. But the first little while, believe me, you, I was just sick to my stomach because I was just so homesick. Mm. mainly because I really liked to, I, I love my family and I was mm. away from that structure and nobody 
prepared me as far as orientation mm. that this could happen. You're moving into a strange community. And really, it was a strange community. When I first left home, I came, um, I came to school here in North Bay. I okay. didn't know anybody except maybe a few students that were here from home. Yeah. But I had never lived away from home. Nobody prepared me what a boarding home was or even who I was going to live with. I found wow. out after I got off the train where I was going. Totally, totally strange, you know, uh, people that I've never met before. And I was expected to function in a situation like that, which I did. I really believe eventually I moved out of one place because I, I, it didn't work out too well as far as I was concerned. I, I talked to the counselor and I, and you know what? I prayed a lot. And believe me, if I didn't know the Lord I, when I left home, it would have been more difficult. And I probably would have headed home because everybody expected you in the city. You know, you live in the city. You should know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> But I was, some, I was so naive and ignorant and, about many things because I've never lived in a community like a city, maybe not as big as Toronto, but still totally strange to me. But I was determined I was going to go to school, which yep. I did. And I decided I was going to do my best, whether I gave the wrong answer or not in the classroom. I did it anyway. But I had to lean on the Lord many a times. Yes. And I prayed, believe me, you, I prayed. Then I met these people. I was moved to another boarding home. It was an answer to prayer. I really believe that. Those yes. people were exceptional. Probably they may have been a bit younger than my parents, but they were really, really good people. And they made me feel part of the, the family. They didn't exclude me from their activities. And mm -hmm. if they went out for a drive in the vehicle, they offered if we wanted to go, we could go along. They didn't leave us to ourselves. And cool. they treated us the same way as they, there were two, uh, three other boys living there, nephews and their son was there. They didn't treat us differently. When it was time to study, the TV was shut off. They said, time to study. So we mm. had to go to our rooms and work. So we were all treated equally, whether we were boarders or from the family. Right. So that really helped. Those people yeah. became our friends after we moved here, especially the landlady. Yeah. She really became our good friend after we moved here. And all along the way, and then I eventually I moved on to Sudbury to go to school there. And there again, the Lord provided friends, people I got yeah. to know, Christian people. And that's what yes. I wanted to do, is get to know Christian people. And somebody suggested a church. And so I went there. and. I got to know some wonderful people there, and some I I, uh, I see now and then. The, the opportunities that the First Nation young people have today—it's amazing. And when I left home, there was nothing. Mainly elementary school, 
no high school, nothing nearby. No classes for community college anywhere. Now they're inundated with those things. And even uh, a, a recreational building, that kind of thing. If I had the opportunity to learn in the area of recreation what, from what the young people have today, my physical education involved, Simon says do this, Simon says do that, standing beside my desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's your the young people today couldn't fathom that, yeah. <laughs> that we were so ancient. <laughs> but we survived. It's a learning lesson all along the way. And in my case, like I say, if I didn't have the Lord, I probably would have gone back. And sadly today, the friends I had, boys my age, some have died in mm. an unpleas unpleasant way. I know a couple were found on the street in Toronto. Oh. So maybe mm. I think, like I say, if the Lord didn't save me, maybe I would have headed in that direction because alcoholism entered into our home. Once we First Nation people were allowed to have alcohol or access alcohol beverages. Mm. Of course, that was a happy occasion for those who enjoyed it. Yeah. Tell us about your conversion. Well, like I mentioned earlier, my grandfather taught us different things and certainly talked about God. Like I mentioned, he taught us to sing Cree hymns. And I've always respected him for that. It helped me to become religious, as I might say, at that time. And I appreciate it. I would go to church with him. They had a Cree service for Cree-speaking people. I appreciated, as we called them that time, the minister that took the service. He spoke in Cree. He was very good. I was fascinated by what he was talking about. But at that mm -hmm. point, being a child, it's difficult to understand something. And then eventually, as I grew a little older, troubled with the situation we were in, when alcoholism started creeping into our home. So I began to think more and more, there's got to be a better way than this troubling situation because of my older siblings started hitting the bottle, as I always say, especially weekend binges. And eventually, there were problems, and even other people in the community. So one day, when these people came, Doug and Ann Taylor, I yeah. really didn't know who they were. All I heard was this minister that came around visiting people. Mm -hmm. And they were white people, as we were told. Yeah. But they presented themselves very well. They showed they cared. They were interested in people. They uh, started talking to us about different things and uh, visited in the homes. And people yeah. received them quite well because they came across very well. They weren't pushy. They were not judgmental. They showed they really cared for people. Yeah. So, of course, my curiosity about them increased. But I, what is it about these people? So, one day, when they started having, and they, 
like a church service in the home. So mm. of course, my, I was very curious. My, my, one of my sisters went, she and another lady. At first, there were only two of them, as far as I know from the community, besides the couple hosting them in their home. So I started going eventually, and I, you know, I recognized a lot of the hymns they were singing because yeah. we learned those in the Anglican church where I was a member of. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that increased my curiosity. And then his preaching, he started preaching. I could understand good English then. Mm -hmm. And I said, what is he talking about? <laughs> so, you know, he really preached the gospel. Mm. And again, he didn't push it. He invited yeah. us, he welcomed us whenever we wanted to go. And eventually more people started. As far as my conversion, because of my curiosity, I wanted to know more. So mm. one day, my brother and I, we, we were on our way to a hockey game. We decided we, to go and see this minister, as we said, <laughs> to visit him and talk to him. So we did. He chatted with us. We were there a good number of hours visiting mm. them. And then he started talking to us about spiritual matters and about God and about Jesus. Mm -hmm. He explained the plan of salvation to us and made it very clear, simple, not difficult. And that's how my conversion began. That night I decided to accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And believe me, you, I had the most wonderful experience and it was not an emotional service. Yeah. Mm. It was plain and simple. Finally, my eyes were open, my understanding increased and desire to know the Lord began. And that's how yeah. my conversion began. Of course, it wasn't easy. Uh, nothing is really easy. Always the battle. Yeah. in his life yeah. but it's the lord who makes the difference mm. it's the lord who helped me through all that and my family members began to notice the change in our lives my brother and i and we didn't mm -hmm. do anything super special what we did was we turned to the word uh, mr taylor encouraged us to uh, read the bible yeah. to read it even if we don't understand too many things to keep reading and pray and so that's what we did mm -hmm. and i really believe that's what really helped not because somebody in it did ma uh, magic on me <laughs> it was the hunger in my heart i wanted to know something better and more comforting than what we were starting to experience because of the of alcohol back then it was mainly alcohol but now it's double dose with alcohol and drugs affecting mm. in people today. I had fortunately, my community is not really spared from that either. Mm. I Sadly. had the privilege of meeting Doug Taylor and a very kind and very gentle man. Yes, yes he was. And yeah. you know, the Lord really sent them. The conditions they had to live in as far as housing 
they mm. would have really had to have love for the Lord, love for the people. Why they stayed? Yeah. Because it was not easy for them. I don't know if they've ever lived in a bush like that. Well, you know, he had never mentioned anything like that. He just talked about the people. He talked about his ministry. And he said he was only called to go and build one church. Mm -hmm. And that was the only thing that he was going to do is just, just go and build one church. Well, you know what I mean by people. Yeah. That was the only ministry that he he was he was going to take on was just uh, the one in Moose Factory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both he and his wife Anne were very kind people, very respectful for others, mm. and they, I think that's what came across was love and uh, interesting people and respect for the people. Yeah, you know, they didn't push. Any yeah. uh, ideas on you, it was up to you. Or, you know, depends on the person, the desires of the heart. And yes. gradually, we were encouraged to help out in the fellowship eventually, once we had a building. And yeah. the way that building came about, we had to haul logs from the bush. And we helped out with that. We had to use dog team to bring the logs from the bush certain types, certain size, so the building mm -hmm. could sit on there, and that's how it started. A very wow. humble place with a uh, wood stove to burn, mm -hmm. uh, keep to, uh, get the heat in the building. Yeah. Yeah. And we may have walked in, on the, especially wintertime, and it was so cold before it heated up, and it heated up by the time we <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't bother us. We wore our winter coats. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. We survived. <laughs> <laughs> and I think some people would have would be boggled about it how we would sit in there like that, and it was, certainly wasn't uh, a mansion. <laughs> but the Lord blessed them. I'm telling you, it was hard to see them leave when they left. You know what I'm encouraged about is how many pastors came from that church. Yes, you see, he he taught Doug Taylor. He taught the word. Yeah. He practiced what, how Paul encouraged Timothy to preach the word, teach the word. And Doug Taylor believed, he told the Lord, the rest is up to you. Wow. He did, what, he did that. And that's what I always remember. Even with yeah. the children's camps. And I had been on the board for one uh, uh, Georgia Native and Outreach Ministries here in Ontario, Perry Sound area, not far from here. We often talk about different things. You know, Mark, the ins and outs about a camp and questions and more questions. Yeah, and, a lot of. Yeah, and I always, said to, I always said at that meeting, you know, what we need to recognize with children is, no matter how young they are, you talk to them about things, you teach them, yep. they will remember. Yeah. I said, so what we need to do, keep in mind, is that what the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy, preach the word, teach the word. And I always used to say in the meeting, leave the rest to the Holy Spirit to do the work. Don't get in the way. Amen. You yes. mess up. Yes. And that's, you know, that's really 
the key. It's, yes. You don't need to do any too much fancy stuff to win the children's hearts. No. They will remember. Yeah, just to love them. Yes. Yeah, would you share with us how you met your wife, Dorothy? Well, it's really interesting. <laughs> I was going to school in Sudbury that time after I moved from North Bay. Yeah. The first time I met her, I had gone up to Moose Factory to visit just overnight, would you believe? Took a train, came out the next day by train. Because uh, I, I hadn't been home since I left home, you see. So I wanted to do that. And then I, on the way back, she was teaching. She had gone up. I left January 65, and she went up September 65 to teach up there. She and her aunt went up there to teach at Moose Factory. So one time I was up there, and I came back on the train. I had to wait. I had some time to wait around in Cochrane to connect with the other train. So the teachers had, were there. They had come out for their conference in Cochrane, and Dorothy mm -hmm. was one of them. They invited me, the, the Christian teachers I knew, they knew I was going to be on the train. So they said we should invite him while he's waiting around for the train. So I joined them for their supper. And that's the first time I met Dorothy. I always say she was kind of scared of me at that time. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we eventually, uh, after two years of teaching at Moose Factory, she decided uh, she'd go to Ontario Bible College in Toronto. And because I knew the other Christian people, another teacher and a nurse, the three of them had gone to Bible College there at the same time. So because I knew them, we were, I was corresponding them, with, with them, corresponding with them especially Dorothy, because I got to know her more. And then I went to visit, and they had a conference or something, a mission conference. So I, I went down there for that on the weekend. And that's how we got to know each other. But maybe we knew each other about five years before we were married, mm -hmm. because it just didn't work out for us to get together sooner than that. And because I was going to school in Toronto then, and she was teaching in Washkaganish after she graduated from from the Bible oh. College. So that's how far we were. Phone calls back then, we couldn't. The phone system wasn't up to par too much by then, but we yeah. corresponded. The letter would take ages to get there. But then <laughs> when she moved to Moosini, so we got to know each other. We got engaged in 72 in the midst of piled up boxes in her apartment. Not very romantic situation <laughs> but we did it anyway so that's how we got together and the lord brought her my way we'll be married 40 48 years oh bless your hearts in, in july Ooh. i've heard my co-workers say sometimes you know what it's like when they talk about their spouses sometimes i couldn't believe what they say you know what it's like and i said no <laughs> We don't do that, like shouting at each other, that kind of thing. I said, we may have our disagreements on things, but we've never shouted at each other or walked out on each other because we were so upset with each other. No, yeah. we've never done that. I can honestly say that. And it's because yeah. the Lord has made the difference in Amen. our home. 
and we lean on him. We pray. Sometimes, like I say, it's a battle. We all face battles, discouraging times, trying times. But the Lord always intervenes, brings either somebody your way or word of encouragement from somebody. We like to do that for others as well and help out in whatever way we can to encourage people. How would you encourage someone who felt that they're serving God, but they don't see much in the way of results? To some people, numbers are important. I, I can see that. I can understand numbers are important. I, I often think of the verse of where two or three are gathered together. There I am in the midst of them. Uh, Jesus said, there are people who are hang up. They got to have so many people, so many numbers, so many, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that's a distraction. You know, we're to look to the Lord. We're to trust the Lord. The Lord is the one who does the work, not us. We're merely instruments that he wants to use. And we do our part. Some can do more, maybe some can do better than what I can do, but depends on the heart. Mm. And if we're too concerned that we're not doing the right thing, maybe, I think that's a distraction. We got to be careful. We got to be alert to that. That's why prayer is important. The way I often pray, and Dorothy and I, we often pray, Lord, Help us or help me to see others the way you see them. Mm. Because yes. if I see them myself the way Roy would see people, humanly speaking, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, and people will know that if you have a caring spirit in you and you are genuinely interested in presenting the word to them mm. you know some people may do the work 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 a long time but yeah. i don't think they're doing it for nothing you and some people like i said earlier they like numbers something to happen something you can see yeah don't mm -hmm. forget we walk by faith not by sight and that, that's right and uh mm. So I think people who feel that way, maybe their work is, and that, that's understandable. You know, you like to see prog uh, progress in what you're doing. Yes. But I think to keep in mind, something to keep in mind is that you plant the seed, somebody may come along and water the seed. And if you look at it that way, as long as you know in your own mind, you're trying to get the word out and you're doing what the, uh, what God has expected you, led you to do. And leave it at that. I know what it's like to have few people. We've been in situations where we were few believers. Yeah. And we, I've been in situations where there are many believers. Mm -hmm. And you know, the fewer you are sometimes, that you feel the closeness with one another and also with the Lord in the midst. Mm. And, and that, I think to keep that in mind, we pray for, we pray for you guys, you know. We have you on our list. 
Thank you very much. And we do that with all others mm -hmm. and that we know. And collectively, sometimes we say, you know, where these people are and working under NCEM or other missions. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what the Lord will do. I would say to people that are concerned, maybe their work is not progressed. Don't look at numbers. Look mm -hmm. to the Lord. Amen. You know, yes. go by faith and he'll do the work. Amen. Or merely yes. instruments. Roy, in closing, would you have a verse you'd like to share with people? Well, that verse that I use many times, I'm reminded of actually more than one verse. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Or mm -hmm. be still and know that I am God. Yes. And in Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I, I'd like to keep that in mind that I remember that for myself so that I don't get in the way when the Lord wants to do something. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.